Oh, yes! Super Bowl preview! Very, very excited for this. Uh, we're not used to this. It's been 50 years. Uh, a lot of us uh, were not even around 50 years ago. Uh, a first for many of us, the Chiefs getting ready for a Super Bowl on Sunday. Welcome into the Chiefs Zone Podcast. My name is Farzine Vesugian. And we've got a jam-packed episode for you guys. Zach Senga and DJ Evans, they are here with me on this episode to preview the game between the Chiefs and the 49ers. You guys can follow all of us on social media, facebook.com slash Farzin at Farzin21 on Twitter, at ZStenga, at ChiefsFanChai. You guys can subscribe to the podcast, spread the word on social media, text in 913-808-2119. We'll read your text later on. We'll talk about the game between the Chiefs and the 49ers. We'll talk about uh, Mike Florio. He had some controversial comments. And Kareem Hunt. Uh, he got into a little bit of trouble. Uh, we'll talk about that, what that means for him. Uh, he actually had a comment he made talking about how he should be playing for a Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, that was uh, recorded and published in his conversation with a Cleveland police officer. So we'll talk about all of that on this episode. Also, Morgan Gannam is going to be joining us. I uh, pre-recorded an interview with him a couple of days ago. Uh, he uh, recently cut his hair. Uh, for charity, uh, for 15 and Mahomes, he is the guy who you hear before all of our voices. He's the guy who sings the theme song. So I'm going to be talking to him at the end of the podcast. So Morgan's going to join us, and we'll talk about the Chiefs, and I'll uh, I'll get his prediction on the game. So we'll talk about all of that here on this episode. And like I said, joining me, Zach and DJ, they're here with me, gentlemen. Last game of the season, win or lose. Uh, sorry, was that a question or is that a yo? Oh, it's definitely the last game of the season, whether we win or we lose. I was going to oh, say, no, I, I did for the end. It, it, no, no, it is the last game of the season. I mean, we, we're, we're, I mean, it's, it, it's a weird feeling. We're, we're, we're not in, we're ne- we've never been in this situation before. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. I mean, you know, realistically, yeah, the, I mean, all, all three of us, you know, even DJ, who has seen more of these playoff heartbreaks than either Farzina or I, I mean, this is, you know, his first time too, right, DJ? Hell yeah! I mean, sir, and thanks for uh, making me feel old. But yeah, I mean, it's, sorry about that. It's, it is <laughs> no, it's okay. It's it's surreal. It's it still hasn't hit me. I don't think it's gonna hit me until the kickoff, and uh, I see the Chiefs out there. <laughs> you know, a lot of people just, are saying that too. Like everyone's still like, I mean, it feels surreal. It really does. Real quickly before we move on, um, do do any of you guys have? Did any of you guys order gear online? Uh, any of the AFC Championship gear online? And if so, have you guys received it yet, or has it even been shipped out yet? I, I personally have not ordered it. I, I'm you know balling on a budget out here in New York, so I'm holding out for Super Bowl gear. So I ordered a uh, championship uh, sweatshirt from Rally House that was delivered last friday and then i got my mahomes um jersey with the uh the logo on it obviously the super bowl emblem um that actually came last night so my wife actually got a kelsey one but it's not going to be delivered until for some reason that one's back ordered so she's not getting until like february 10th i ordered a couple other things but they're they're obviously not going to come here before the game that's been a massive complaint on social media. A lot of people ordered right after the game. Uh, some people did not want to go to all these stores because the parking lots were just crazy packed and people posted the 
they posted pictures on social media. So, you know, it's online. You've got two weeks before the game. You'll get your gear. At least that's the thought. But uh, I uh, I ordered championship gear as well. My family all did. Uh, and then there was like, uh, I, th- I thought they were going to be sold out for sure in stores. But, you know, they'll eventually make more. They just don't want to have too many because on the off chance, the Chiefs uh, or the Titans, whoever, does not win. Uh, but because the Chiefs won, they made more of those shirts. And they've been dis- distributing everywhere in the Kansas City area in these stores. So I've been able to pick up a few things in person, but the stuff that I ordered online, and I only ordered the shirt online that the players wore, that I, that just shipped today. Uh, in fact, if you actually look at the uh, fine print on these websites, it does say that it will take a while for it to go out. I think they actually mentioned the 28th or the 29th, and I guess not a lot of people noticed that. So uh, if you're listening and you're complaining that, you know, because you guys are both out-of-town guys, um, a lot of people wondering, where the hell is my gear? I'm not going to get it in time for the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, eh, first world problems, you know, first Super Bowl appearance in 50 years problems. That's what's happening right now. So if you're uh, if you're out of the loop with your uh, Super Bowl gear or AFC Championship gear, I should say, uh, just be aware you're not the only one. We'll get into the Super Bowl and all of that in a moment. I, I had every intention of this to just be a Super Bowl discussion a Super Bowl preview but unfortunately you know we had some news with the Florio comment the Kareem Hunt situation but the biggest news is not the Super Bowl nor is it Kareem Hunt uh I mean Sunday was just a devastating day for the sports world uh everyone is aware what happened with Kobe Bryant of course was in the helicopter with his daughter nine people total in fact Kobe and his daughter were in the helicopter there was a family of three uh, that were in it, and another family in, in which two members of that family were in the chopper. Uh, I mean, you had multiple members from three families um, and a couple of other people, including the pilot, that uh, did not survive this crash. You, we were all talking about this. In fact, we, we all texted each other shortly after the news broke. We all thought this was fake news. TMZ was hacked. Um, it was it was insane. Uh, it, it really was. Uh, Kobe's 13-year-old daughter was with him. They were on their way to a basketball tournament. Um, it was insane. Uh, you know, everyone knows about his resume. Five-time NBA champion, 18-time All-Star, second-highest scorer in a game with 81 points. Uh, but outside of the game of basketball, man, 10% stake investment in Body Armor, w- w- excuse me, Body Armor, which is competing with Gatorade, Powerade, all those sports drinks, many sponsorship, many business ventures, uh, also has an Academy Award. For best animated short film, you know, I've seen a lot of people complain. I shouldn't say a lot, but a few people complain on social media and say, "Man, why are we praising this guy like he's Jesus?" It's like, look, I I, I don't understand people who make comments like that, but you got to understand something. This guy didn't just have a massive impact in basketball, and even if it was just basketball, it still is a big deal. But Kobe had a big hand. And inspiring people on and off the court. I just mentioned Academy Award winner. And it, it looked like it was a career that he was just really just just getting his feet wet, to, if we're being honest. Um, the thing that uh, I really liked, there are a lot of fans, a lot of former uh, teammates who are sharing stories about Kobe. I was listening to the Will Kane show on ESPN Radio, and one fan called in mentioning that his grandfather was ill. I don't remember what year this was, but his grandfather was ill. And they reached out to Kobe, hoping, you know, to, to meet, uh, that the family could meet Kobe. 
Kobe's representatives invited that family to a playoff game, but said no autographs. You will get a chance to meet him after the game, though. Do not bring anything to sign. So they went to the game, uh, uh, had great seats, and they got to watch the Lakers knock off the Timberwolves in the playoffs, and they went to the locker room, and they met Kobe, as promised. Kobe Bryant approaches them, shakes their hand and all, and asks, where is the stuff to sign? And they go, we were told not to bring anything uh, for, for autographs, and... Kobe Bryant was upset and said, this is not right. He immediately got someone. I'm assuming some had had someone go buy gear from the Staples Center team store, got basketballs and jerseys. That way he can sign them and give them to this family. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of great stories out there, but you know, I, I always appreciate you know people who are massive figures like Kobe Bryant that does that kind of thing because... You know, you just want a picture or an autograph with a big name like that, and it really does make someone's day. And you look, you, you the person who shared the story, the grandfather uh, who was ill, I mean, this just gives him like a little bit of motivation. And I don't know what he was battling cancer or, or, or what it was exactly, but that just gives someone inspiration to just keep moving. Uh, and when you hear stories like that, personally, I love that. I, I love when big name athletes like a Mahomes, like a Kobe Bryant, Take the time to meet these fans uh, who, you know, let's be honest, at the end of the day, these fans are a, a big reason why you're so rich and why you're, you've got the fame, why you're so popular. Uh, I love that story uh, that came out. Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to say about, about the story? Zach, I'll start with you. I mean, it's obviously uh, it's a massive loss, and I think that the thing that makes it you know hard is obviously. I mean, don't get me wrong, the youth of Kobe. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, like that's way too young for him to go, uh, and obviously even more so for uh, his daughter and some of the other younger passengers there. But I think the thing that really makes this, you know, just you know, kind of added level of bummer is the fact that you know he had been. I mean, you know, of all the athletes, especially when you looked at how they operated in their career. You know, Kobe's Mamba mentality and what have you. Like, you know, if ever there was an athlete that I really kind of wasn't sure was going to, you know, how that would work when he was transitioning out of, you know, being a professional athlete, you know, transitioning into, you know, civilian life, so to speak, you know, I think he would have been one of the ones that would have, you know, had the, uh, you know, kind of most doubt, you know, publicly, that is. Obviously, you know, he, he didn't doubt it for a minute, but I think, you know, he would have been the one, one of the ones that I would have been you know, most skeptical of like, hmm, how are you really going to do with the whole transition thing? Because this has been your life forever. You know, how's that going to go? Because uh, he was just such a fierce competitor. And I guess, realistically, just the way that you saw him, you know, really settling into, you know, being a dad. And, and not that he wasn't a dad before, but like, you're really enjoying making that his full-time job, as well as some of his other, you know, more creative endeavors and, you know, his venture capital firm that he founded. Uh, just, you know, kind of did a great job of you know, kind of showing a lot of the younger athletes in a lot of ways of like, all right, hey, here's how you do this whole transition thing. You know, you don't have to stop, you know, you don't have to stop the minute you retire. You know, you kind of keep going. You just, you know, excel in other areas of life. And I felt like, you know, realistically, it seemed like he was just kind of getting started on what was going to be a really great second act, so to speak. And to see that cut short was a giant bummer, not to mention the loss of Gigi, who by all accounts was well on her way to, uh, you know, being a massive force in women's basketball as well. So my <clears throat> my two biggest sports heroes growing up were Joe Montana and Michael Jordan, and I feel like most sports fans are very protective of their sports heroes. And so with Michael Jordan, you know, his career was ending as Kobe's was beginning, 
and everybody said Kobe is the closest thing you'll ever see to Michael Jordan. And back in the early 2000s, a lot of people were saying, like, maybe he'll be better than Jordan. And so I disliked him immensely. Like, I wanted him to lose. And the turning point for me came when LeBron went to Miami and I started to realize and appreciate how much work and how good Kobe was um, and that killer instinct that he had that I always, the, the only other person I saw watching basketball was Michael Jordan. And so I really appreciated him for the first time, unfortunately, because I wish I could go back and appreciate you know, those years where he was awesome in the finals when he was with Shaq because he carried those teams. Everybody looks at him as he was the, you know, the younger brother, uh, the little yep. brother to Shaq. But he, against the Pacers, like Shaq fell out of the game. Like Kobe in overtime won that game against the Pacers. Like he he won those, uh, the, those finals just as much as Shaq did. So uh, it, it was tough. It, it I, I don't even know, um, I, I, I can't even uh, contemplate like any other thing that like I've seen sports-wise in my lifetime um, where somebody that young at 41 uh, passed away. Even though they're not playing, I get that. You know, people bring up Roberto Clemente or Thurman Munson. You know, those were before my time. Um, it, it makes you think about your own mortality. Um because I'm 40 years old and he's 41. And he had, like you, like you said, Zach. Like he had this second chapter of his life where it was going to be better than Michael Jordan's, to be honest. Because he, he's he's a different guy. And and everything I've I've uh, heard since this happened, I think as Shannon Sharp brought it up, he said, uh, I hope I'm, I hope it was Shannon, but it was somebody. But I'm pretty sure it was Shannon. Said that. He met Kobe for the first time, and Kobe made it seem like they knew each other forever, and he was that friendly. And I always thought Kobe was like a curmudgeon, like Michael Jordan was, like unapproachable, doesn't want anything to do with you. But Kobe, in the last like few years, um, was really a guy that you kind of looked at and you're like, wow, this he's a good dude. Like he's he's fun to watch. Like he's fun to listen to and. And he made a name for himself. Um, people said that he was copying Michael Jordan, but at some point that changed, and he he made a name for Kobe Bryant. And it's 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 a it's a loss that we're gonna realize for a lot of years. Yeah, and what's crazy is just like the night before, I was watching Kobe Bryant buzzer beaters on on YouTube, um, and you just appreciate what what he did. One, I think my favorite thing about Kobe as a player when when that whole the 2004 Finals, I think it was the loss to the Pistons, the team fell apart. Phil Jackson left. He came back, but Shaquille O'Neal left. Uh, Gary Payton left. Uh, and a lot of people said, well, Kobe's never going to win a, a ring again uh, without Shaq. And he was able to win two more, almost three more, um, going to three straight NBA Finals. Uh, and also avenging the NBA Finals loss to the uh, Celtics. And that was uh, a big deal. I remember he was on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And he talked about how that was a big deal. They really wanted to uh, get revenge on the Celtics. So uh, it was really just cool. You know, uh, and a lot of NBA players today, they were too young to have... Uh, watch Michael Jordan so a lot of these guys grew up watching Kobe Bryant um, 
And, you know, the the Lakers and Clippers game, I know that was uh, postponed, and I don't want to get into it, but I know there's a big debate as to whether or not if that should have happened and Kobe, you know, would he want this to have happened. Um, but a lot of people are, are honoring him. There's a lot of talk about what they'll do in the All-Star game because Kobe was, what, an 18-time All-Star? Like, that's insane. Uh, I remember one year, Kobe Bryant only played like four or five games because of injury, and he still got voted in as an All-Star uh, starter. It's like, that's how big of a deal he was. Everyone was just like, yep, Kobe Bryant, yeah, let's just vote him in. Uh, I think that was I, I suppose... the end of his career, like where it was kind yeah, of almost, was. A, you know, you know, almost like kind of a retirement gift, so to speak. Yeah, but I don't uh, think it I was mean, his last year. I think it might have been his second to second. To it, last it, it was it was a couple of years before his last. Um, but in any event, look, uh, a lot of great stuff, and um, you know, I, I really hope the media just learns from this. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. There was a lot of misinformation about you know who was in the helicopter, how many kids, uh, how many of Kobe's kids were on the helicopter, how many kids Kobe has. Uh, if Rick Fox, a former teammate of his, was there, I just before we started recording, I just watched an interview with Rick Fox, dude. Like he talked about how his phone just blew up with people wondering, you know, is he really on the plane and or the helicopter and all? So uh, I can't imagine for the friends and family members what that's like when you, and, you know, like him or hate him, you know, Donald Trump does have a bit of a point when he talks about fake news. I know he kind of decries that because of the his own coverage. But, you know, and fake news was a thing before he even mentioned it. Um, it it's, a, it's a real thing, man. And it's it, in extreme stories like this, you got to be very careful. But unfortunately, uh, we've got this uh, era in the media where, you know, people want to be quick to what they want to say, what they want to report. So that way they can get their retweets or their coverage, have their media outlet. Uh, make a name for itself, essentially. But nonetheless, um, very sad story. The passing of Kobe Bryant and eight others in that helicopter crash uh, this past Sunday. Um, let's move along here, and I want to get to the Super Bowl preview, but before that, uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, he's in the news again, and not for a good thing. Now, look, I'll say right now, it's not the worst thing in the world. He was cited for speeding, and uh, the police officer could smell marijuana. Again, it's weed. It's far from there's a massive debate going on, you know, when it comes to weed and marijuana, you know, uh, you know, is it a big deal? Is it not? You know, look, I'm not here to debate that. It's just there's a time and place for that in this podcast, especially on a day like this, on an episode like this is not the time. But um, listen, bear with me for a moment here, because this is still a negative thing on Kareem Hunt's record. Let's backtrack a little bit um, because this is just another incident adding on to the pile here. January 2018, less than 24 hours after the Chiefs lost to the Titans in the playoffs, Kareem Hunt was involved in some incident at Power and Light, and it was a physical incident, according to the police report. February 2018, he shoved and kicked a woman, uh, actually lying about it, saying that there was no physical incident whatsoever. In June of 2018, there was some sort of verbal altercation that led to Kareem Hunt allegedly punching a man. No serious injuries were reported. Now, fast forward a few months later, uh, in November of 2018, the second incident, the February incident, we had the video come out and he was immediately put on the commissioner's exemplist. The Chiefs cut him because he had lied to them about what happened in that. 
shortly after that, he did join the uh, Cleveland Browns. And right after he joined the Browns, he got baptized. And he was doing this to prove that he is a changed man. He's going to be better and all. But what happens after he got baptized in, in an attempt to prove people that he's changed? In uh, the 2019 offseason, I don't remember exactly the date, but he was at a bar where apparently... There was some sort of argument. No one knows if it was physical or if it was just verbal. But it was bad enough to where police still showed up. Kareem Hunt says that it was blown out of proportion. Look, man, given Kareem's track record uh, about lying, I, I, I don't know if I can give him the benefit of the doubt there. Now, fast forward to January 2020. He was pulled over for speeding and he had weed in the car. Now... Look, two things. Number one, if you're going to have weed in your car, for the love of God, don't speed. Do not risk getting caught, okay? Again, I'm not here to have the debate on weed and marijuana. I'm not here to do that. But if you're going to have it, man, just don't get caught. I'm here to say it's not the worst thing in the world. But when you do get caught and when it's against the rules... Whether you like the rules or not, the rules are the rules. Uh, and I understand with the new CBA coming up, maybe there's going to be a change in that. But for right now... Uh, it is against the rules in the NFL. If you guys watch Last Chance You on Netflix, uh, there's one episode where some of the players are talking, saying, hey, look, they were talking about one of the players who was smoking a lot of weed, saying, look, listen, if you want to play in the NFL one day, you can't be doing this. And that's just the damn truth, unfortunately. Uh, again, like it or not. Um, now, in this video, uh, Kareem Hunt was begging for the police officer to not go through his car, claiming he had a flight to catch. And the police officer ended up finding weed in the car and confronted Kareem Hunt about it. Kareem claims that it belongs to his brother, okay? Um, but then he, the police officer knew who he was and he knew about his past. He said, hey, look, I, I know who you are. I've read the news. And Kareem Hunt started to cry at one point and said, I should be playing for a freaking Super Bowl. I've been dealing with a lot lately. I've been fighting a lot of stuff lately. And then at one point, he referred to himself as the worst person in the world, or the worst human being in the world. I, I, I'm paraphrasing there, uh, but something to that effect. Listen, I am just as sad that Kareem Hunt got kicked off the team just as much as I'm sad that he lied about these things and did all these things. And look, people are saying TMZ has it out for Kareem Hunt. No, TMZ does this all the time for everybody. It's not a Kareem Hunt thing. Look, this is now the fifth incident where... Kareem Hunt has done something wrong. Police officers have been involved in the last 24 months. This does not help his case in any way. Man, he is. I'm not sure there's another player in the NFL, save for obviously Antonio Brown most recently, but that's a separate discussion, that has cost himself a better shot at generational wealth than Kareem Hunt. If you think about it, like, you know, he keeps his nose clean. You don't have the issue in 2018. He's still on this team, and he's probably in line for a fat extension. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking the same extension like Mahomes is going to get because positional value being what it is, you know, I don't need to go into that. But this guy has gone from, you know, where he could have made, you know, a multi... I mean, he'll still make multi-million dollars. He already has. But, you know, he, he could have easily gotten, you know, call it, you know, three-year, $30 million-plus deal. And now he's, you know gonna i think realistically this guy is streaming for a bunch of you know one to two year contracts in a row until he hits 28 29 and then he's done and that's just really unfortunate and it's all because realistically he made some bad decisions 
TMZ does not have it out for Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has it out for Kareem Hunt. He, um, you know, aside from the marijuana, which I agree, you know what, should be illegal, whatever. He also had an open uh, vodka uh, container or bottle in his car. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. And when he went to Cleveland, I remember saying that was the worst possible situation for him because, hey, where where did he get uh, in trouble for that situation at the hotel? Cleveland. And that's where he's from. And it sounds like he's around a bad element out there. And I think uh, I remember reading that the Chiefs tried very hard to keep him in Kansas City and prevent him from being in Cleveland because they noticed like that 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 issue with them. So, you know, I I want him to get better. I I he he just reminds me of Josh Gordon. I think he's he's never going to be able to stay in the NFL for a prolonged period of time because he's struggling with. And, you know, I got to be careful with this. Allegedly addiction issues. That's what I think it might be. Um, obviously, that video kind of supports that. But I feel bad because the guy is immensely talented. And I, I saw that. Yeah, I, I would love him to be in the Super Bowl right now. It would, it would help us a lot. Like, if he was on this team, I, I don't think anybody would be picking the 49ers against us. Um, you know, can, can I say something? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I fully agree with that because the Chiefs were a couple of mental mistakes away last year from going to the Super Bowl in consecutive years. Now, look, I think having Kareem Hunt would, would – I, I agree with you. It, it would definitely help our chances, but it's not like the Chiefs are really suffering that much. I know in the offseason last year, fans were saying, oh, if we had Kareem Hunt, we would have won the Super Bowl. Well – if the Chiefs were not shut out in the first half of that championship game, or if D Ford wasn't offsides, we probably are not even having that discussion last off season. Um, I think the Chiefs are just fine with Kareem Hunt. Let me ask you guys this, because Kareem Hunt started to cry at one point, or it sounds like he's crying, and you know he's just begging the officer to let him go, and he's talking about how he should be playing for a Super Bowl. He said he loves the Browns and he loves Cleveland, but he should be with the Kansas City Chiefs. Did you guys feel bad? Because I didn't. You know, no. I, I kind of wanted to, but it's like, look, you keep putting yourself in this spot. There are so many Chiefs fans who are saying, look, he needs help, and I agree he does need help. I hope he gets help, but at some point it's like, listen, um, you know, like let's say let's say I, I, I ask Zach for advice on, uh, on, on anything. Like, Zach might be an expert at, at, at whatever I'm, I'm I'm trying to get advice uh, from. Parzine, I'm an expert you know, in all things. It's well documented. <laughs> that, that, is, that is true. That is very true. But it's like, look, you know, Zach can give me all the advice in the world, but I still have to go out there and put forth the effort to make it all come to fruition. You know, you know, we're not even at that step yet where Kareem Hunt, I don't know what if he has gotten help. I know he talked about going to anger management last offseason, but I mean, number one, you have to even you have to put yourself in a spot where you will get help. Um, you should have the help. Like, yeah, no, I don't know. That you, so, so back to the original question, Zach, I'll start with you. Do you feel bad in any way for him? I mean, I do a little bit to a, to a point. In, in this latest incident, it's maybe not the best example of it, to be clear. But the fact that, you know, he's he's built up the body of work. Like, some of those, I do feel bad for the guy. Because realistically, if you look at, 
you know what we ask a lot of these athletes to do it's you know just kind of don't think just be aggressive you know you're running through the other guy you're hitting the other guy you know if it's a very physical sport that's just football and you know we expect them to be as violent as possible as instinctive as possible on the field and then we ask them to turn it off and that's hard i mean realistically from what i you know at least three of those incidents uh, that you mentioned being the one you know the, all, all of pretty much the ones that involved physical altercations there were two things that it had in common and that was drinking and a physical altercation and yeah. you know realistically man like you know I, I think we all know people who can be a little bit belligerent when they have a few too many to drink you know there's it's pretty well documented there's lots of different kinds of drunks and belligerent happens to be one of them uh, and <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked to find out that Kareem Hunt falls into that category but by the same token if you know that about yourself, the first time you learn, like, huh, you know, I'm a little bit aggressive when I've had a few too many. Maybe don't put yourself in the position where you have a few too many. Or if you do, do it in, a, you know, a, a kind of, like, I guess, you know, a less public environment. Uh, you know, I, I, so I feel a little bad for him in that, you know, it's hard to turn it on and off. But at the same time, it's like, man, to do, the, you know, you can get a little bit of a benefit of the doubt from me once. But you've done this three times, man. And then, you know, now just tacking on the weed and uh, the speed. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I've gotten a speeding ticket. Thanks, Lee Wood. But, you know, it happens. <laughs> uh, right. You know, the weed bit, it's, I, I, I just kind of feel bad because I think, you know, it, it's hard not to feel for the guy because he clearly kind of came to grips there with the fact that, like, man, I've pissed away a pretty great opportunity right here. And now I'm going to have to fight for it. But, you know, I can't imagine it feels good to come to that realization. And so I feel a little bit bad for him, but at the same time, like, you know, not the kind of pity that's like, oh, you know, really just, you know, I, I just feel so bad for him. Like, you know, this, you know, he doesn't deserve any of this, that sort of stuff. Like, no, not that kind of pity. Like, it's like, I feel bad for you. You made some dumb decisions. I hope you make better decisions moving forward. But at the same time, take some responsibility for what you did. Yeah, I mean, and DJ, I'll pose, I'll pose this question to you. I mean, Zach kind of mentioned a good point. It's like, look, you're getting a lot of opportunities. Ray Rice did not get a second chance in the NFL. Kareem Hunt did after three incidents well, with Cleveland. Well, his tape was worse. Uh, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. But look, still, at the end of the day, uh, but look who look who signed him, the Browns. And it's a Browns team in which the general manager who got fired just recently drafted Kareem Hunt. Uh, so, DJ, I ask you, I mean, what 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 is going to take for Kareem Hunt to be able to convince other teams? Hey, yeah, you should sign me. At this point, I have no idea because, like you said, it's his second chance, um, and a lot of guys don't get second chances. And he got a second, a legit second chance. Wrong place. I said all along. He should have never went back to his hometown because that's the worst place for him to be. Um, but you have your speeding. You know, we all did that. You're right. I say, DJ, you you're a Chicago car. driver. I know you speed. <laughs> in the suburbs, I don't do that that bad. Right. Uh, you have weed in the car. Don't do that. Um, and then you have an open bottle of vodka in the car. Like, he's begging for help. He's either begging for help or he's the dumbest guy in the world. Um, either one is not good. Like, he, he needs serious help and uh, no i just hundred i don't know and here's what i'm worried about and i worry about this with uh antonio brown too because i don't think antonio brown has a a support system in place um because i don't see anybody trying to like 
prevent him from doing what he's doing. And I guess, yeah, sometimes you can't prevent people from, like, killing their lives. But somebody's got to be in Kareem Hunt's ear saying, like, dude, you're what? I mean, he's what, 23, 24? Like, you are Somewhere pissing there. away your career right now um, for nothing. And you have... look. I was just going to say, his agent is Dan Saffron. He needs to just have a sit-down. I know agents are supposed to be supportive, but at some point you got to just speak the truth. Yeah, and, it, you know, there. I think that is a level of being supportive, too. You know, I mean, ultimately, I think probably one of the best things that Drew Rosenhaus ever did for Antonio Brown was cut him. I mean, and he cut him with a caveat of, like, all right, you go get help, I'll take you back. Because, I mean, Drew Rosenhaus is, you know, well known as one of the best agents in the league um yeah. and you know it, there comes a point where you know the kind of traditional you know standby people support just doesn't you know cut it you kind of got to give them that tough love uh, but you know who knows that very well may be coming for kareem hunt but you know to your question about what it would take for him to get another shot in the nfl uh i would say a torn acl for josh jacobs perhaps or for james white uh or i'm just trying to think of a couple other teams i mean like dude's got talent and realistically like you know ray rice part of the reason that he obviously isn't in the league anymore is the fact that you know that was a horrendous tape we can't have that the other part is the nfl after bungling the investigation had to make an example of him which was also entirely his deal but i think real quickly go ahead he'll get another shot because his tape wasn't that bad uh, if you could sign Kareem Hunt right now to a one-year, $1 million contract in the offseason, would you do it? $1 million is not a risky move today in the NFL. So, yeah, I would do that. I actually would. Ah, it's tough. It's one of those things like, will someone do it? Absolutely. Do I know if I want the Chiefs to do it? Like, uh, just because of the pre-existing relationship, to be clear, in the way that we you know, kind of let them go, that like I don't know, I, probably is the short answer, but I, I don't know, like that that'd be a little dicey. Yeah, it's um, look, he got baptized last off season. Why? Because he wanted to prove he was a changed man. Now the incidents he's been a part of, at least from what we've seen. Not as bad as what happened before. But again, it's kind of like even the police officer went up to him and said, don't lie. But what got Kareem Hunt kicked off the team for lying? Uh, at least that's what the Hunt family uh, had said publicly uh, in that press release. It's like, you know, he, he, not only are you still getting in trouble, but some of the bad habits you have, which is lying to the owner of the team, the, a police officer that pulls you over, like that's still happening. Um, look, I hope he gets help. Everyone deserves an opportunity, but you got to also want to put yourself in that position. I think the question right now that his agent needs to say is, hey, look, do you want to play in the NFL? If yes, do you want help? Because if you want to play in the NFL, you got to you got to put some of that money, th- those big paychecks you made playing football. You got to you got to pay someone to you got to go get some sort of help, some sort of counseling. So hopefully he gets that. I'm just as sad as he is. I wish he was on this team right now, but he's got no one to blame but himself, if we're being honest. Uh, real quickly, before the game, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, we all know what's been going on over the last few months. His back and forth with Chiefs fans uh, threatening to you know, not cover the NFL, uh, even though he has the biggest website in the world uh, when it comes to football. 
if Tyreek Hill plays. Oh, by the way, he wrote eight articles on Tyreek Hill the day he said that on Twitter. Um, he made a comment talking about Patrick Mahomes and how because of Patrick Mahomes' running ability that we've seen recently, he's talking about how the 49ers should, quote, send a message and that it may lead to a 15-yard penalty, but was basically advocating for it. Basically advocating for an illegal hit. This did not sit well with Chiefs fans. Dan Israel of the Chiefs Radio Network, he definitely uh, got in on this on Twitter, calling it irresponsible. Uh, and then Tavia Hunt, Clark Hunt's wife, lashed out in a series of tweets, including uh, one of the responses to mine. Um, she just basically went off and said that, you know... Mike Florio doesn't know what he's saying. What he's saying is just uh, inappropriate. Um, she also had a long Facebook post about it as well. Uh, look, when you've got people from the organization speaking out, you know you did something wrong. He's He's been trolling people, just basically mocking them. He even mo- he and Chris Sims. Like, who the hell is Chris Sims? Um, <laughs> come on. Like, they're, they're at Radio Row at, at the Super Bowl Media Week, um, and they're just mocking all the criticism that Florio has received. So, so it's like, look, not only are you trying to sugarcoat and defend your comment, you're just mocking all the criticism when you were advocating for an illegal hit. Um, I mean, I don't have nothing else to say other than, you know, it's hypocritical because you were whining about player safety for so many years and now you're advocating for this. He talked, now he mentioned if Mahomes, when he was trying to, you know, defend his comment, he talked about Mahomes being near the sidelines and then doing a fake out like you're going to go out of bounds but then actually stay in bounds. That I can actually see where he's coming from, but he didn't say that the first time. The first time, he was just advocating straight-up illegal hit. Um, the, the, the comment he made on his radio show this week, if he said that last week, I would have maybe understood that a little bit. But it's just like he, he knows what he said, and he has no remorse for it, and he's mocking all the criticism for it. Well, yeah, because at the beginning of his take, he said that he wanted to be careful. Like, you know, I want to be careful here. I'm not advocating for taking a player out. Well, to but, that I say, like, look... Yeah. Look, I want to be careful here because I don't advocate for adults kicking other adults in the shins. But if there are Chiefs fans in Miami and you happen to make your way through Radio Row and, you know, Mike Florio just happens to be there, you know, and you just happen to trip, maybe you should send a message and kick him in the shins because, you know, if that's that's what it means, you know, it might just be worth it. So don't get me wrong. Like, I'm all for hot take journalist safety here, and I'm not advocating for fans to kick him in the shins. But if it just happens to happen, you know, it might just be worth it. Yeah, you know what? Pretty <laughs> good impression, said, right? Yeah, it was good. I mean, it reminds me of, like, when he says, like, I'm not advocating for him to get hurt, but I want him to get hurt. It reminds me of when people say, like, I'm not a racist, but and then they proceed <laughs> yeah. to tell you it's like that you know racist. instantly so, what's coming out of their mouth you know, next. Yeah, I mean, here I got blocked by Florio back in like I, it was probably like March or April over the Tyreek Hill thing because he was going all off on Tyreek Hill, and I said, I go, look, dude, you were supporting Adrian Peterson, and then I posted all the pictures of Adrian Peterson's kid getting beat, um, and he blocked me for that because he's a Vikings fan, so. That it just it, it really depresses me that some of these guys like him and uh, Skip Bayless get so much. Mike money. Uh, Mike Freeman from Bleacher Freeman, Report. Oh my God, Freeman too. My, oh. my good buddy Mike Freeman. Yes. Yeah, Freeman too. Like that that dude. I I, I fought that bell with you, brother. Uh, 
<laughs> I, it, it just it, it really aggravates me with these guys that are like on their pedestals and they don't preach the same with everybody. It's like they, they pick their battles. And so Hey you know, man, all I'm saying is that as this podcast is being recorded, you know, on a Wednesday, uh Wednesday the twenty ninth, which also happens to be the same day in which uh Barstool Sports was acquired and you know for I want to say like somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 million or something like that. I'll check the actual stats, but all that is to say that it's proof that hot take journalism is totally alive and well. I know it's sad. Oh yeah, sad. And look, I mean, even like um, uh, Stephen A. Smith, he he was criticized recently for uh, bashing a UFC fighter, saying he quit in his loss to yeah. Conor McGregor. It's like no, he didn't quit. He he got he got his face dis- destroyed against McGregor. That's why he lost in 40 seconds. But when he tries well, to he clarify, he should have had a his, more durable face. It would, <laughs> yeah, that that would that would be helpful. But when Sorry. but when Stephen A. Smith tried to defend his comment, he didn't address what he was criticized for. And it's like Florio's kind of doing the same thing. He's like deflecting the main source of criticism here. It's like these guys look hot takes is one they're one thing. But just, like, asinine comments like this, I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's just kind of laughable, really. It's like, you know, these people get a platform for saying outlandish things. And again, you know, Barstool Sports to the tune of $163 million today. Same sort of deal. You know, this one's a Pats fan that runs it as opposed to a Vikings fan, evidently. But it's just funny because, you know, know, as much as... uh, as much as I don't love the hot takery, don't darned if I don't still click on the videos whenever they're posted too, just to figure out like, all right, what stupid stuff did they say next? Well, at least you can do that because I can't even. I have to go to my burner account on Twitter to see what Florio is saying because I see people posting <laughs> this stuff all the time and I can't <laughs> get that easily because I have to go to the burner. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure with all the people I have blocked, I I'm sure I've forced people to create a lot of burners because, God knows, people are so obsessed when I block them. Um, look, Florio knows what he said. Okay, uh, you know, is is it gonna really deflate your ego that badly to just admit, okay, I misspoke? Listen, when the Javon Belcher incident happened. I wrote something on Bleacher Report, something way out of line, um, and I didn't mean for it to come off this way. I said that, you know, the toughest part about all this is that the Chiefs have a game in just a little over 24 hours. That was a stupid thing I said. I, what I meant was the, the Panthers are on a flight, and we're not sure if there's a game going to be played. That is by far not the toughest thing the play, the Chiefs teammates are dealing with. Um I, you know, I owned up to that because that is a dumb thing to say. You do, And it came out wrong. You know, we all have said things that have come out wrong. And, you know, what do we do? We apologize for it. We say, hey, look, I misspoke. I didn't mean for it to come off that way. But not everyone's like that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah look, what's, what, what's going to happen? Is Florida's website going to get shut down? No. You know, you misspeak. It's happened to everyone. But uh, not everyone wants to um, have that dignity, have that personal stance. Uh, so, but I, at this rate, I don't think we should be surprised knowing Mike Florio and what he has had to say about the Chiefs over the last few months. To that uh, end, in any event, oh, I want to get ahead that? of one because I recognize how it probably sounded when we were talking the Kareem Hunt-Ray Rice thing. When I, I want to be clear, when I said that the Kareem Hunt tape wasn't that bad, I meant Kareem Hunt tape was not as bad as the Ray Rice tape, just 
put that on the record. <laughs> Correct. You know, yes. don't get me wrong, still a bad look. But yeah, yeah. point They're being, it was bad, not but... as bad in relation to yes. the Ray Rice tape, lest anybody come after me for that. Yes. I really would love it if Florio interviewed one of the uh, Chiefs players this week, just to see, like, you know, how are they going to, you know, are you really going to interview a player when you make that comment? Uh, I'd be curious to know. Uh, obviously, the owner's wife does not have a lot of nice things to say about you. So Honestly, you know, like, you know for sure. There, there's a, f- like, I would love to see a taped interview between him and Tyreek Hill. Just <laughs> no, to, just to watch him squirm. Yeah, well, if it's taped, you know they're gonna edit that, right? I mean, come on. Um, I guess, you know. Sorry, I was more meaning like I don't want it to be a radio interview. Like I want to see him squirm as he interviews Tyreek Hill. That was more what I was getting at. Uh, in any event, I mean, look, it's Florio. Shouldn't shock any of us by the by this point. Uh, I was shocked, but then I realized I shouldn't have been. But uh, in any event, we've got a big game this week. Uh, oh, really? Suffice to say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chiefs 49ers, Super Bowl 54. Uh, it's, of course, a Super Bowl that many of us are experiencing with serious interest for the first time ever. So it's definitely going to be very interesting um, just to see uh, how uh, this pans out from like an emotional standpoint. With all the media coverage this week, a lot of Chiefs fans didn't even know that there was like a media spectacle on Monday night, like the uh, Super Bowl media night, I, I think is what they call it. And it kind of carries over. The, this did not exist the last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. Some Chiefs fans didn't know this was a thing. I've always watched Media Week every year wondering, when is my team going to be a part of that? When it, like Jimmy Kimmel Live sends Guillermo to do all these hilarious <laughs> interviews with all these players, and I'm hoping they sent Guillermo this year because I really want to see him talk to Patrick Mahomes, but... I'm excited to see, uh, you know, just just that that itself. But you know, the fact that the Chiefs are part of the Super Bowl week spectacle—it's not just a game anymore. It's a it's a Super Bowl week, and the Chiefs are a part of that, which is awesome to see. But of course, a lot of business to take care of this Sunday. Referee for this game, Bill Vinovich. He is the same referee from the Saints and Rams NFC Championship game last year. Uh, controversial call there. As far as Chiefs games, he's done some notable Chiefs games. Uh, he did the uh, first ever Thanksgiving night game, which included the Chiefs and Broncos 2017, the Chiefs and Pats season opener. He was there officiating that game. He also officiated the Chiefs and Packers Sunday night football game earlier this year when Matt Moore was starting in place of Patrick Mahomes. Weather for this game in Miami, 60s, 5% chance of rain, humidity between 55 to 65%, which in you know players from Kansas City, uh, does not impact them one bit. The Chiefs are favored in this game, uh, one and a half point favorites. They're also going to be considered the home team. They alternate every year between the AFC and NFC, who the home team is, and therefore the Chiefs will be wearing the red jersey. So for those of you superstitious or if you just love the red jerseys like I do, they'll be wearing red for this game. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews on the broadcast team. And as far as the injuries go, Andy Reid said on Tuesday the Chiefs are 100% healthy. Amen. Hopefully they uh, keep that up. Uh, Let's go to the 49ers offense. Of course, their head coach and their offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. We all know the son of uh, his his first name escapes. Mike Shanahan. Thank you. Um, He is, of course, taking care of the offensive duties. His job as an offensive coordinator with the Falcons, with the exception of that blown lead, helped them get the job with the 49ers. There are some notable assistants. A lot of notable assistants and some local connections Assistant head coach and tight ends coach John Embry, 
He is on the staff. He was a former Chiefs tight ends coach under Herm Edwards. John Embry has coached Tony Gonzalez and George Kittle, which is very cool. His son is also on the uh, on the coaching staff. Taylor Embry. Taylor Embry was uh, a Chiefs quality control coach. He's also a quality control coach with the 49ers. It's just now he's with his dad. He's also a uh, Blue Valley West grad for those who are from the Overland Park area. Zach and I both went to the Blue Valley School. In fact, I went to Blue Valley West. I, I, uh, I, I sat next to this guy in health class. Um, I guess my claim to fame now in life is I sat next to a Super Bowl assistant uh, coach. <laughs> Uh, right now uh, from my high school days. So pretty cool. His brother Connor also played at KU uh, playing under Charlie Weiss. Embry played college ball at UCLA. Miles Austin, if you guys remember him, former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, was briefly a star in his coming out game against Kansas City. He's on the staff. Wide receivers coach Wes Welker, former Broncos and Patriots coach. And then offensive quality control coach Katie Sowers, first female and openly gay coach in the Super Bowl uh, born in Heston, Kansas, and went to the University of Central Missouri. You look at this 49ers offense. Uh, I, I know they don't get uh, as much coverage as their defense does, but still a lot of good things. Second in points per game, fourth in total offense, second in running with the football, 13th in passing. Uh, look, I'll go back to Jimmy Garoppolo, but let's start with Raheem Mostert because I think that is their best player Uh on offense, outside of George Kittle, you look at the job he's done: 137 carries for 772 yards, five point, uh, or excuse me, eight touchdowns on the year, uh, 220 yards and four touchdowns in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I mean, he just dominated in helping the 49ers destroy the Green Bay Packers and move on to the uh, Super Bowl. He had one rushing touchdown in the first 11 weeks, and from weeks 12 to 17. He scored a rushing touchdown in every game except for Week 17, where he had two against the Seahawks. So this guy has really had his hand all over uh, the success of this 49ers offense during the second half of their run. And Tevin Coleman, he's got a good uh, he's got a good uh, yard per carry average as well, uh, running four yards per carry. Mostert is 5.6 yards per carry. Coleman's got six touchdowns on the year. So you know this Chiefs team coming off a really good performance against Derrick Henry. And I'll start with you, DJ, because uh, I know you were there in person when you saw this. Uh, really just shut Derrick Henry down in the second half. Uh, but they've got one more big test, and that big test is Raheem Mostert. They do. I mean, they have three running backs, and their run game is different than the uh, Titans, obviously, because there was one guy to shut down and. Now you have three. So it's going to be a tough challenge. And, um, you know, looking at that challenge, I I think it's going to be a close game. And um, what, I, what I think it comes down to in a close game is who is the best quarterback, especially in today's NFL. And I think we know who that guy is. And so I'm going to put my stock in Patrick Mahomes. Um like I have the last two years, I I think he's going to be the guy that uh, that brings us the first Super Bowl in fifty years. Yeah, I think that you know it, it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs match up against this because it is it is not quite like the Titans' defense was or sorry Titans' uh, offense was uh, you know where it's just we're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry and that's going to be that we're going to block you know well enough to get him pass your front seven and you know let him just kind of you know bowling ball through the secondary no this is a different running game you know this is kind of that you know shanahan outside zone style uh you know 
I guess it's one of the it, it's proof that you know if it ain't broke you don't need to fix it. He definitely took it straight from his dad and it works. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Tevin Coleman plays. I know he busted up a shoulder or something like that in the uh, NFC title game versus the Packers, but ultimately the Chiefs are going to have to step up the same way they did against Derrick Henry and the Titans. And if they do, I think we're going to be in pretty decent shape. You know, if we can make Garoppolo throw the ball, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to diss on Garoppolo either. I'm just saying that if you look at the way our defense is built, it's certainly built more for the uh, you know, stopping of the pass as opposed to the run. And so if we can manage to slow down the run a little bit and force them to beat us you know, in a manner that they're not as accustomed to, we'll be, we'll be very well served in that case. Yeah, and it, it kind of makes you wonder, if you do stop the run, how much pressure does that put, put on Jimmy Garoppolo, who was just short of 4,000 passing yards, uh, just outside of the top 10, 27 touchdown passes, which was tied fifth, but he did throw 13 interceptions. That is tied for eighth most in the wow. NFL, was sacked 36 times this year, only 77 passing yards in the NFC Championship game, was 6 of 8 passing, but hey, when you've got a running back scoring four touchdowns, hey, uh, you can basically do what the Titans did in their first couple of playoff games. But look at who Garoppolo has to throw to. I mean, you've got Emmanuel Sanders, who uh, Chiefs fans are familiar with because of his time with the Denver Broncos. You've got Debo Samuel. Uh, they're the best wide receiver on the team, 802 yards, three touchdowns. He had five He's receptions for 88 yards. Uh, best receiving stats in the playoffs so far for the 49ers. And then, of course, George Kittle, uh, who a lot of people are familiar with. He and uh, Travis Kelsey, easily the two best tight ends. Some people will argue who's one, who's two. And, you know, I, I mean, I'll say Kelsey because, look, if Tyree Kill's not on the team, I think Kelsey's stats are far more better than what he has now. And I think he does. Kelsey would have held on to that uh, record last year, but Kittle surpassed him. Uh, in less than 30 minutes, I think. But nonetheless, you've got the two best tight ends playing in this football game. Kittle just surpassed 1,000 yards this year. He has just four receptions for 35 yards in the playoffs. you got a really good offensive line. Joe Staley, uh, Ben Garland, Mike McGlinchey, uh, some of the best offensive linemen. These are some of the best uh, blockers at their positions as well. So Kyle Shanahan's got a pretty good offense, and Garoppolo's surrounded by a lot of good guys. I think there's going to be some pressure on him to try to utilize these guys a little bit more, uh, unlike the NFC title game. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see, uh, you know, just kind of how how the Chiefs, it, it ultimately, like I said, it comes down to the Chiefs' defense. So it'll be fun to see how, how this one shakes out. DJ, is there anything you wanted to add to that? No, I mean, I, man, I, I've, I'm not nervous yet, but I know uh, come probably Saturday night, I'm going to be really nervous about this game because I've never experienced anything like this. So yeah, it's 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 going to be crazy for Chiefs Kingdom to experience something like this, and we should, you know, savor it and try to experience it as much as we can. And I don't think this will be the last one we're going to be in, but we should we should win this game. Well, let's switch over to the defensive side and talk about the 49ers defense coached by Robert Sala. And I'm excited for this matchup because you've got, in my opinion, the best offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy versus the best defensive coordinator in Robert Sala. Um, not a lot of notable defensive assistance on the staff, but you look at the uh, the 49ers defense, they're top 10 in points per game, total defense, and against the pass, number one against the pass, 17th against the run. Keep an eye on that because 
Uh, I know the 49ers have blown out a lot of teams, and that's forced teams to throw the football more. So that can be part of it. But still, hey, look, when you're 17th against the run, uh, you know, teams need to try to utilize that. And I'm curious with how successful of a postseason Damian Williams has had, two postseasons in a row, I should say. I'm curious to know if he kind of has a big game uh, against the 49ers defense. But it's not going to be very easy. You've got a scary good defensive line, Joey Bosa. With nine sacks on the year and 16 tackles for a loss. DeForest Buckner, seven and a half sacks, 12 tackles for a loss. You've got Eric Armstead, 10 sacks uh, and 13 and a half tackles for a loss. D. Ford, who has only played 11 games in the regular season, six and a half sacks, seven and a half tackles for a loss. And then you've also got Ronald Blair, who was filling in for D. Ford. He had three sacks and eight tackles for a loss when he filled in for D. Ford. So this is a defensive line that's very good. And, of course, I, and look, I know D. Ford, where we all know him for that moment, but he's still a pretty damn good pass rusher. We know that very well in Kansas City. When he is available on the field, he can do a lot of damage in this football game. Uh, linebackers, uh, Fred Warner has 118 tackles, three sacks, eight and a half tackles for a loss. So obviously you've got some aggressive linebackers as well feeding off that defensive line, and it definitely helps. You got Quan Alexander uh, and uh, Dre Greenlaw, and because of the defensive line, they're able to stuff a lot of runs there. And then you've got a really good secondary too, and Quan Williams, a cornerback. Everyone knows about Richard Sherman, uh, one of the best cornerbacks in the game for a very long time, formerly with Seattle, played in two Super Bowls. This is now his third Super Bowl. He's had three interceptions this year, has not had, uh, or excuse me, he has had an interception in both playoff games so far. Um... They've got 15 fumble recoveries. That is the fourth most in the NFL uh, from this year. So this is definitely a defense that, you know, and fittingly, the best defense you're going to be playing, and it's going to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that, you know, you, as you mentioned, you know, that's it's as nasty of a defensive line as exists. And the thing that is, of honestly, the most concern for me as a Chiefs fan here is the fact that, not only are they, you know, incredibly adept at rushing the passer, but they're all very fast. And especially on the edge, Bosa and, you know, of course, D Ford, you know, as most Chiefs fans know, you know, was incredibly quick off the edge. Uh, and Mahomes is great at escaping the pocket. Uh, you saw him, you know, against J.J. Watt a few times uh, in the Texans game, you know, just being able to kind of roll out and run away from him. You don't have that luxury against this 49ers defensive line and the hard thing is is that you know truly all four of those guys are a massive threat uh you know it's you know like when we were talking about in the offseason you know the notion of having Chris Jones on one side and Frank Clark on the other yeah you have that times two which is pretty absurd you know those two Oregon guys Armstead and Buckner you know, they're big they're fast uh and they know how to get after the quarterback and honestly like you know, I, I know I mentioned in you know just the last little pieces we were talking about the Niners' offense that you know it's going to come down to how the Chiefs' defense performs against the run. The other thing, and probably the even more important thing, realistically, is how does the Chiefs' offensive line hold up against those five guys? Because they are going to be a handful, and it, realistically, they are the biggest threat to the Chiefs winning this game. DJ, what are, what are your thoughts on this 49ers' defense? So, Fisher is most likely going up against Bosa. Um, you know, Bosa's a rookie. Had a great year. Awesome defensive player. Fisher has played 
pretty exceptional, and I think we actually realized his value when he was out this year and Cam Irving was in his uh, place. Other side, it's going to be Schwartz versus Ford. I'm sure those guys went against each other in practice. Schwartz um, is the best right tackle in football. Prove me wrong. I don't. I don't think there's a better right tackle. So, there's not. Yeah, there's not. So no, I'm. I'm not that worried about D Ford. <laughs> uh, Bose is going to be challenging. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not, but he's a rookie again. And he's in the biggest you know game of his life. So going against a veteran, and then. Here's what's interesting to me. So, you know, the 49ers play a lot of cover three, and but they also play some man. And if Sherman plays man against Tyreek Hill, I think that might not work out very well for the 49ers um, because Devontae Adams, like, as bad as the Packers got beat by the 49ers, there was one matchup in that game that played well for the Packers, and it was Devontae Adams against Richard Sherman. And Devontae Adams runs a 4.5640, I think. Um, Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Hardman, they all run at least four fours. I know the other, like two of them run sub four fours. And, you know, Tyreek Hill uh, runs a four, sub four three. But if Sherman's playing man on man against any of those guys, it's going to be, it's going to be a slaughter. So, I, it's going to be a close game, don't get me wrong, but I, I, I feel confident about the fact that Andy will develop a game plan where those guys can be successful. Well, let me just say this. I agree with you to an extent on your comments with the defensive line. The thing is, I think this defensive line, because there are so many great defensive linemen on the 49ers defense, uh, they're going to feed off one another. They really will. And I think that'll really help them uh, because I can see them giving Mahomes some some trouble early on in this football game. Uh, but I can also see the Chiefs making adjustments because that's what they do such a great job of uh, as the season's gone along, especially in the second half. So ever since that Titans loss, you've definitely seen them do a much better job with, uh, with adjustment. They've been doing it all year long, don't get me wrong, but I think they've gotten even better as the season's gone along. Real quick look at special teams, which is coached by Richard Hightower. Robbie Gold is 74% field goal kicker. Longest is from 47 yards this year. 0 from 4, 0 for 4, excuse me, from 50. Uh, missed one PAT out of 42. Mitch Wisnowski, I believe is how you say it, when it comes to average punting and net average yards, he's about right in the middle there. Uh, and then Richie James Jr., the kick returner and punt returner, 13th in kick return yards, 5th in punt return yards. His longest kick return went for 81 yards. So definitely a guy that the Chiefs need to keep an eye on when it comes to 81 yards teams. and a touchdown? Uh, I, I I don't think he had a touchdown in that one. I don't think he did. So uh, that means he got caught from behind. Yes, that that was – who was the uh, rookie kick returner last year for the Chiefs, the cornerback? Tremont who converted Smith. the running back? Yeah, Tremont Smith. He had a couple of those as well where he had a couple of big returns but was caught from behind uh, a couple of times. So that will be interesting to see uh, how the Chiefs try to manage him in this football game. Uh, a couple keys for me in this game. Look, Patrick Mahomes, he averages .5 fumbles – or excuse me, .5 turnovers – Per game this year, Garoppolo averages 1.125 turnovers per game. Garoppolo's got 18 turnovers. Mahomes has seven. Now Mahomes played two and a half less games, but still uh, a big difference when it comes to uh, the turnover differential there. 
Uh, Mahomes does have two fumbles this year, but no turnovers. In fact, I don't think he has turned the football over once in his four playoff games nope. uh, in two years with the Chiefs. Garoppolo has an interception, but no fumbles. Uh, listen, Mahomes has speedsters everywhere. Damian Williams, Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. Don't hold back. Go off. Give McCole Hardman more snaps. Because if you got Tyreek, McCole, Sammy, Travis, uh, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, um, there's speed everywhere. There's speed everywhere. The offensive line, they've been amazing so far in the playoffs. Just one more game, and it is, it is going to be the biggest test this season. And it, like I said, it's only fitting that it's going to happen in the Super Bowl, that big test against this great defensive line. Defensively, overall, in general, this defense has come a long way uh, from a year ago and from the start of the season. They've played well against some of the great players towards the end of the season and in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson, Phillip Rivers twice, Derrick Henry, Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke was, did really well against everyone except for the, uh, when he played against the Chiefs. Now you're going to add George Kittle to that list and Raheem Mostert, who the Chiefs are going to try to limit. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see if the Chiefs can continue that Grim Reaper type of success uh, where they've done so well against a lot of these great defenses. We're going to get to our Super Bowl predictions in a moment, but first, our prop bets. We've got a lot of these here, so let's get through these. First one, very simple. Uh, Heads or tails, I am going to go. People say tails never fail, so I'm going to go with heads. Zach, what do you say? Oh, no. Tails never fails. It's tails. DJ. Tails. 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 Okay. Who wins the coin toss? Not who receives. Who wins the coin toss? I'm going to go with uh, the Chiefs, simply because they have good luck there. I went with the Niners. Okay. And DJ. You're going Chiefs? Okay. All right. Uh... (laughs) This is where things get uh, really fun. Over under two minutes on the national anthem, Demi Lovato, he performed, I believe, at the NBA All-Star Game, and it was 2-13. I'm going to go over on this one. I am too. Under. Under. Okay, all right. We're, we're different there. Uh, this one, uh, we're just not even going to do. I asked if the Chiefs were going to wear red or white. Uh, they're wearing red, so we're going to scratch that one. Which, uh, which player, not which team, which player scores first? Uh, who gets the first rushing or receiving touchdown? I'm going to go I'm gonna go Damian Williams. Wait, you said which player scores first or which player scores a touchdown first? Because I have Robbie Gold. Okay, I mean, that, that works too. You're, so you're going to go with Robbie Gold uh, and DJ. Oh, Damian Williams. Okay, my uh, pen just ran out of ink, which is... <laughs> Very professional in this stance, so I'm going to try to look for another pen uh, as we do this. Uh, so, DJ, I apologize. Who did you say was going to score first? Damien. Damien. Okay, so you agree with me on this one here. Yeah. Over under Mahomes, 250 yards passing. I'm going to go over on this one. Zach. Yep, me too. Over. Okay, DJ, over. over. Okay, Mahomes, three and a half touchdown passes. Oh, man, this is close. I'm going to go under on this one. I'm going under as well. I'm thinking three. Over. Okay, DJ's going to go the other way. Rushing touchdowns for Mahomes over under one and a half. I'm going to go under on this one. Under, but still one. Under. Okay, we are, are, we're all in agreement there. Uh, Chiefs re, uh, receiving leader uh, in terms of yards. I'm going to go Sammy Watkins. <laughs> ah, damn, so am I. Same okay, here. all right. <laughs> Okay, well, I Man, see. This Sammy, is why Jan- Jan- January, this is February, we're co-hosts. Uh, I had written Tyree Kill at first, and I was like, "Nah, I'm going to be clever here and go with Watkins." And I guess it wasn't uh, as clever as re- I thought. 
Receiving leader in terms of touchdowns, I'm going to go Kelsey. Yep. Yep. Okay, all right. Love the uh, unanimous agreements here. <laughs> Chiefs rushing yards leader, uh, we might all be in agreement with this one. I'm saying Damien. Yeah, I mean, there's no other option on yardage, really. Mahomes. Really? All right, okay, fair. all right. Okay, I like that. Uh, Just don't tell Chiefs- Florio. Chiefs, <laughs> Chiefs rushing leader in touchdowns. Who do you guys say? I'm going to go Mahomes on this one. I also went Mahomes on this one. Damien. Okay, all right. Uh, Chiefs defensive tackle leader. I'm going to go Honey Badger. I'm going uh, Tyron Matthew. I'm going Dirty Dan. Badger. Okay, all right. Uh, Chiefs defensive sack leader. This one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to, man, it's a toss up between Jones and, uh, and Frank Clark. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Chris Jones on this one. Ah, uh, Frank Clark. Ooh, uh, Jones. I, I was hoping you would go for like a wild card, like Charvarius Ward or, or something. Pinnell. Uh, yeah, Barb Uh, uh, Chiefs defensive <laughs> Who do you think has the most interceptions? Now, if someone, if if for example, Tyron Matthew ties with Ward for one, you will still get the point as long as they are tied for most. So uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Breland. Uh, a little bit of a wild card there. I'm gonna go Breland. Honey Badger. Fenton. Uh, you said Richard Fenton. Yep. Ooh, okay. Like all right. That is quite the wild card pick there. Harrison Butker over under two and a half field goals. I am gonna go under. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same. Under. Okay. What is the first commercial? Now the commercials do get started early, uh, before the kickoff. This is the first commercial after the kickoff. Uh, I'm gonna go Black Widow trailer. Yeah, I just said Disney trailer of some kind. <laughs> okay, I I suppose I'll accept that. Uh, go ahead, DJ. I have no idea. Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi. Okay. Uh, movie trailers are hardly first, so you're probably gonna be right on that one. Uh, this is where we have fun. Over under two and a half Jackson Mahomes Super Bowl dance TikTok videos anytime during the game when action is happening on the field. Will we get two and a half videos from Jackson? I'm gonna say under two and a half. Ah, during the game, like from kickoff to zeros. Mm. Yes. Well, in that case, I probably have to take the under just because yeah. I think he's only gonna do it when he's on the field. So under. never mind. I'll under. take the under. Okay, Brittany Matthews. 15 and a half Instagram story <laughs> mode videos. This is, honestly is the hard one. Uh, and I hope she just annoys everyone as much as possible. I'm going to go over. I really hope she goes like way over. I'm going to take the under on this one. I'll take under. Okay. And to be clear, we are counting from uh, kickoff all the way to the end. Will there be a flea flicker in this one? I'm going to say no. No. Nope. Okay. We're in gr- agreement there. Uh, Regardless who wins, what color will the uh, Gatorade splash be? I'm going red. I'm going that lemon-lime yellow. You're going yellow. What about you, DJ? Blue. Blue. Okay, all right. Super Bowl 54 MVP. I'm going, uh, man. (laughs) I'm going Mahomes. Yep. Are we all all going Mahomes? Yes. Okay. Come on. All right. Even if it uh, would be a game like the Texans game, it would still be Mahomes, not Kelsey. Like, don't kid yourself. It's going to be Mahomes. Yeah. Okay. If, who will the, the MVP thank? Who will the MVP thank first? I'm going to go with God. Yeah, I also went with God. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to thank yes. God. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my team. Uh, Usually okay. in that order. The, the I mean, first... I maybe family, but yeah, it's probably God. Uh, first halftime song from Jennifer Lopez slash Shakira. I'm going to say Let's Get Loud. Uh, it's going to be J-Lo, Get Right. You are saying Get no, Right? I have no idea. <laughs> well, uh, give me give me one song. I don't even you gotta know, know song. one J-Lo song. I, I don't even know a J-Lo Or one J-Lo Shakira song. song. I don't know that either. I couldn't name it. I could. Her hips are very reliable name. witnesses, DJ. You're a lawyer. You should know these things. <laughs> Whatever you guys just said. Well, right, yeah, I'm not letting lie. you copy Shakira me. Shakira is DJ's choice. <laughs> what, what, hips don't lie. Okay, all right, Zach. If, if you get a point for this and you win by like one point, you'll Zach everything. Uh, winner only gets bragging rights. By the way, number of halftime songs over under seven and a half. I'm going under. I'm going to take the over on that one. I'll go over. All right. Uh, will Donald Trump be at the game? I'm just nope. going to say no. Nope. I think that there's been like a, uh, you know, VIP, like uh, the uh, FAA put out a little thing. So now he's going to be at the game. Okay, DJ? I did my research. He will not be at the game. Okay, we'll see. Uh, will Trump congratulate the winner? I say yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I think he's going to congra- congratulate himself. So, <laughs> hmm. so are you going yes Lawyered. or no? <laughs> I guess, sure. Wait, wait you, you got to give me a yes or no. Yes, that, that, yes that's a yes. yes, yes. Sure. Counts oh, that's a yes. yes. Okay, I just want to be clear. Uh, I know he loves Joey Bosa, so uh, that that may be part of it. Well, Joe Buck mentioned Kansas City versus San Francisco 2014 World Series. I'm gonna go no. Oh, he definitely will. Okay, DJ. I say no. Will he mention Madison Bumgarner from the World Series? I say no. What about you, Zach? Yes. No. Okay, all right. Will a fan run on the field? I say yes. No. No. You guys are not fun people at all. Will there be a marriage proposal after the game? I say yes. I think Mahomes is going to propose (laughs) to the lovely Brittany Matthews. Yes if we win. No if we don't. I say no. Okay, all right, and you know, Just last. give me no, that's cheating. Okay, all right. Uh, last but not least, score prediction. Look, uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game to start off. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be low-scoring. I think both offenses are going to be challenged by the defenses, but they'll both pick it up in the second half. I think the Chiefs will pull away. I am going 31-24 to KC. I'm going 35-31. 35 to 31, and I assume KC? Yes. And DJ, what do you say? Chiefs 34, Niners 31. Okay, and here's the thing. Whoever is closest to the score will get a point on this one. Uh, let's read a couple of text messages. Uh, 913-808-2119. Out of the 432, thoughts. Stop the run and pressure Garoppolo into forcing the pass uh, is the key to beat the 49ers, build an early lead and protect it. You know, the problem is, uh, this is from Chief uh, from Odessa, uh, Odessa, Texas. The problem is we haven't seen the Chiefs get off to big leads like this. If anything, they do kind of thrive from, from falling behind, Zach. Yeah, I think that, you know, or at least we have in these playoffs. Um, don't get me wrong. I think that, you know, I said it against the Titans and I'll say it again now. This is the kind of team that's dangerous to get behind to and we best not do it. Yeah, I mean, I if we win the coin toss, I think the Chiefs are going to actually take the ball this time. Like, 
we need to, to set the tone early, get a you know early lead, and uh, put the pressure on the 49ers and make Garoppolo throw the ball. Let's go to the 816. Sorry to hear you're uh, stopping the podcast. You will be missed. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I don't have a name here. Uh, I work at Ford, and I listen to your show in the line and helps me get through the day. I feel pretty good about the Super Bowl. I think I would feel differently if our defense was not playing uh, lights out. Chiefs got this 51-49ers, 28. Uh, 51 points. Can the Chiefs score 51 twice in in a postseason? It'd be pretty amazing if we did. Like, don't get me wrong. I love everything about what he just said. I mean, we we have. <laughs> we did uh, And three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be very interesting. Um, yeah, but uh, and, and, I don't know if we're going to score 51, but um, I, li- I like his attitude. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not too optimistic. I, I, I love the optimism, too, but that 49ers defense, way too good. Uh, out of the 702, hi, guys, Dexter from Vegas here. The Chiefs defense is not nearly getting enough respect. We all need to really take a look at what the team has done over the eight-game winning streak. The 49ers, yes, are good. However, Frank Clark is earning every cent of his paycheck, and we have key role players that have stepped up and made a difference. If they can harass Jimmy G, I don't see a way they can lose this game. And, and you know... I agree with what he's saying. You know, the Chiefs defense, obviously not uh, highly praised. Um, but what he's saying uh, about the Chiefs defense, you could say the same thing about the 49ers defense and how that could impact. I would not rule out the possibility of a low-scoring game in this one. Uh, that's why I think it's going to be a low-scoring first half. But I, I see both teams making adjustments because they've got great coaches on staff. Uh, what do you guys think on that? I think that... Yeah, realistically, like, do, do the Chiefs get as much love as the Niners do on the defensive side of the ball? No, they probably don't. But I think that you know, it's we we certainly could see a lower scoring game here. But I I just struggle to think that you know, a, a any Super Bowl that features Patrick Mahomes in it, you know, I, I don't see it looking at all like the Super Bowl did last year, for example. Yeah, it depends on who gets the ball first. If the Chiefs get the ball first score, then that puts the pressure on the 49ers to try to score right away. If the 49ers get the ball first, they're going to obviously try, they're going to run the ball because that's what they do best. And that's going to control kind of the tempo, at least of the first half. So that's really going to dictate who's, like, what kind of game we're going to see. Is it going to be a lower scoring game? It's going to be a higher scoring game. So that's why I hope you win the going toss. And I think. Unusually, we will actually take the ball rather than defer the ball. Yeah, and, and Andy Reid does that a lot. Uh, he does defer a lot, all the time, I should say. And you know, yeah, I, I kind of gut punch. See, I kind of want want it to be the other way because I'd rather not fall behind. But that has not hurt the Chiefs, oddly enough, in, in the playoffs. So uh, keep keep going away, Andy. I mean, any any criticism I have of Andy Reid, I think, should definitely be nullified at this point. Um, last text. Mike and Lee Summon out of the 816. Uh, he asked a couple of questions about the podcast. I did say a while ago that if anyone has a question about me about the podcast, uh, they're more than welcome to ask me. It's just since this episode it has gone a little long and we want to focus on the Super Bowl, I'll I'll save that text for next week, Mike and Lee Summit. I will save that text, I promise. 
Um, he asked a couple of questions about me and about the podcast. Uh, the last text is going to be from Daniel in Florida out of the 626. Uh, with the pressure getting to the Super Bowl uh, over, do you see the Chiefs coming out more relaxed to open the game than how they were the last two games? That's actually very – we kind of just talked about that in a way. Um, I don't know if pressure had anything to do with it against the Texans and the Titans, uh, especially since they were at home. Um I don't know if they're going to be more relaxed because I don't know if they were not relaxed the last two games. Um, I don't know if I agree uh, with the way the question is asked, uh, but I can get where he's coming from. You know, are, are the Chiefs just going to get off to a better start? I don't think they're going to have a big deficit like they've had the last two games. There's no way they can allow that, especially against this 49ers defense. Yeah, do I think that they still come out tight? You'll call it the first drive or two. That wouldn't shock me, frankly. But by the same token, I mean, you got to think about it that realistically, you've got two teams here that are playing in their first Super Bowls, you know, as their current iteration. Like, you know, two quarterbacks, neither of which have ever started a Super Bowl before. You know, I think the most Super Bowl experience out on that field is, you know, Richard Sherman, which don't get me wrong, like that, you know, certainly has its advantages. But I think ultimately, you know, both teams are going to come out a little tight out of the gate. That's just my gut. To to add to that, they have they've got seven players with experience. The Chiefs have two. Still True. not a lot. No, no. And you know, interestingly, like I look at it and say, well, you know, obviously you don't really need bulletin board material because if you're not hyped for this game, then what are you doing? You shouldn't even be in this game. But was interesting to see that the 49ers were out really, really, really late this morning. Um, I think at like 4 a.m. there was a video out there. I'm happy about that because the one person, and I think you guys know who I'm talking about, that was worried about doing that, I didn't see him on social media at all. So um, I'm hoping, and it sounds like the Chiefs are all business, and maybe the 49ers are not. So we'll Wait, see. who are you talking about? Uh, the 49 so Kelsey is the one that I was worried about. Oh, uh, before, oh. No, Kelsey video, knows there's that... There's a video of the 49ers were out late. <laughs> gotcha. Like okay. L- look, Pardon. it's like five games To be fair, if it was last week, left. that's one thing. But. Yeah. I mean, come on. You've got five days left. You can, you can hold know. off I the party still, for I, just you know, a little I still bit. don't like it. I still don't like it. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost there, and they're practicing now, so... I, I, no, I'm I, glad I, to see our guys didn't do it. Let's yeah. be clear here. But, you know, I think that Kelsey is correct. And I think he, you know, don't get me wrong. He, he you know, certainly makes great sound bites and all when, uh, you know, he says you have to fight for your right to party. But I think that, you <laughs> yeah. know, realistically, when you think about it, you know, I think he does actually mean it every word there where it's like, no, nah, we got work to do, but then we're going to party. Well, and Greg Dredding said it best uh, uh, this morning on uh, Fox sports whatever fs1 he said mccarthy told them uh when he he was in the Super Bowl a few years ago that this is this is a work week this isn't party week you can party after we win but yeah not partying during the week and that's I, the mentality you should take i fully agree i mean you've got just a couple of days left so just hold off on that party after you win party and even yes. if you lose it's like yes. it's like look your season's over, so do whatever you want after you, you know, check in right. all your gear, your helmet, all that stuff. So you, you when you it. lose, you're going on vacation no matter what. So <laughs> all right, don't, don't uh, take a vacation now. We're, I'm I'm going to share my interview, my conversation with Morgan Gannum in a moment. Before we sign off, last words 
Going to the Super Bowl, Zach, I'll start with you. All I'm saying, man, is I can't wait to hear Patrick Mahomes, Kermit the Froggy sounding voice saying, I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> yeah, DJ. I, 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 you know what? I, I'm just still basking in this like experience, and it's going to really hit me on Sunday. I, I love this for Cheese Kingdom. We deserve to be there, and we're going to bring it home. We're going to bring the Super Bowl back to Kansas City, just like we just brought the Lamar Trophy back where it belongs. Here's my thing, man. Look, um, do we anticipate the Chiefs to come back multiple times uh, under uh, Mahomes with, Mah- with Mahomes under center? Yes, of course. But look, I think uh, if if you ask Saints fans, do you think you're going to go to multiple Super Bowls with Drew Brees? They would have said absolutely. Drew Brees has only been to one Super Bowl. Um, look, we've had freak accidents happen. Um, Andrew Luck, no one thought he was going to have an injury plagued career. No one thought Drew Brees was going to be limited to just one Super Bowl. It may be, it may take one year, it may take another 50 years. So this Sunday, Chiefs fans, enjoy every damn second of this. Because, like I said, yep. uh, hopefully we, we come back. But if not, uh, if, if it's going to be another 50 years, um, at least we can finally say we cherish this moment. Because so many of us have been waiting forever for this. And not a lot of teams get this opportunity. Like, like out of all 32 teams, you're one of two teams that everyone's going to have an eye on this Sunday. So enjoy the moment during the Super Bowl. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Appreciate you guys. Text again, 913-808-2119. All right, to wrap things up here on the Chief Zone podcast, uh, probably the final guest we'll ever have on this great podcast. Of course, we're wrapping things up in the middle of February. Uh, this guy's been a great friend of the podcast. Uh, we've exchanged a lot of messages back and forth over the years, uh, kept in touch, and this guy's got really a lot going on, uh, a lot of great things going on in his world, in his uh, music world. Uh, also a big Chiefs fan. If you guys are in the Oklahoma area and if you follow local music in that area, you definitely know who this guy is. If you listen to this podcast, you know who he is. He is the voice you hear before my voice on this podcast. He is Morgan Ginnam joining us here on the Chief Zone Podcast. Morgan, welcome back in, man. How are you? No, man. Thank you so much for having me on for this final episode, dude. I'm so stoked uh, to just be part of it and just being part of this uh, this whole thing throughout the years has been really exciting so thanks for having me on again man i appreciate yeah absolutely yeah and not the final episode yet i mean we, we got we got a couple more we'll do but yeah final final guest you're the final guest <laughs> you're the final guest uh now you're obviously a big chiefs fan uh i know we had you on i think in september the last time we had you on and uh man we were talking about you know the the team going to a super bowl we've been talking about this a couple of times and Chiefs are not going to the Super Bowl. Are you are you doing anything special for the game? Anything fun? <laughs> well, you know, I'm extremely excited, along with, I'm sure, every other single Chiefs fan in the entire world, for that matter. This is like the, the crowning moment. I feel like this is our chance, our opportunity, you know. So we actually talked, um, I don't know if you remember this, we talked about something that I might do uh, well, there was a couple of things, but the one that I actually <laughs> ended up doing um, was I got this crazy hair, and I, well, no pun intended, 
But I got this idea that if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, I'll cut my dreads. Cause I've had you my chopped them off. Life. Yeah, I've had them for eight years, and I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. So they beat the Titans, and the very next day, snip, snip, they were gone. I cut them off. Everything's changed. I've got a fade. My hair looks like brand new and crazy. So thanks to the Chiefs, I have a brand new hairdo. And I've shared your 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 story on uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, the ladies are digging it, man. Uh, just reading some of the comments. Martha goes, "Love the new look." Carrie says, "Big improvement." Diana says, "Handsome without them." Uh, now I know you've got uh, I know you've got you've got a lucky lady in your life. Her opinion probably holds a lot more weight than all these other ladies out there. Uh, what does what, what does she think? She loves it. Well, there you go. She absolutely loves it. Um kind of helped me inspire Kelly's my girlfriend um she helped me inspire uh the idea to do this you know she was a big inspiration behind it and she always said that the dreads were kind of like hiding my face and in my eyes and stuff sometimes and she liked my she calls them exotic eyes you know so <laughs> anyway it it uh, it was a cool idea and 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 since obviously Patrick Mahomes has a really iconic hairstyle i think i don't know he's got his own vibe right i kind of did something a little bit similar to that it's not the exact same thing but i have real curly hair like him so yeah here we are it's pretty cool when was the last time you've had hair this short oh man we were just talking about that in another interview i did uh i'm gonna say back when i was in high school man and i graduated in 2005 from sand springs oklahoma yeah. You know what's funny? I was actually just talking to your dad with you before we started recording this. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday night, but by the time this podcast is out on Thursday, uh, you will have talked to a uh, an anchor in the Oklahoma area, and it actually turns out it turns out that I actually know. Well, I don't know him on a personal level, but we know of each other. Uh, because I went to college with this guy Jonathan Cooper in the uh, in the Oklahoma area, Channel Six in in Oklahoma. That's right. Yeah. No, we were talking to him and uh, preparing to do the interview and everything, and and we mentioned that I was getting ready to do an interview with you and how we're good friends and we've known each other for years through the Chiefs and music and stuff. And I said, Yeah, my you know this guy's name's Farzine. He goes, Oh my gosh, yeah, I know Farzine. We went to school <laughs> together, so it's it's really a small world, isn't it? Oh yeah, very, very small world. I, th- I think uh, I, I think the the older I get, the more I realize the world's not as big as I, I thought it was. So yeah, definitely, uh, you learn that over the years. Um, no, it, it's funny. You never know who uh, who you run into these days and who who they all know. Um, exactly. Or, Usually, there's a six degrees of separation with a lot of people you know, and you just don't realize until you start looking into it or mention somebody's name. You know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that stuff's always crazy, but always very cool as well. So, I mean, you're doing your you're doing your uh, round of media uh, this week. A uh, lot of and look. I know there are a lot of Chiefs fans in Oklahoma, and because the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, just about anything and everything Chiefs related is um, is news now. What's been the uh, the reception like to uh, to this new hairstyle for you? It's been great. It's been really great. Um, literally, almost all good comments that I've seen at least, you know? So, um, yeah, that's real uplifting and encouraging. 
because um, you know at first when i when i decided okay i'm going to do this like i was i was a little apprehensive i gotta be honest i mean i had that dreads for eight years and it was kind of um my identity you know but i sort of started getting to the point where i didn't like that i don't want to be defined by just the way i look or my hair or something uh i want to make sure that i continue to be known for you know the way i treat people and the kind of music i put out and and uh, the things I get behind and, and want to be a part of. So, um, but so far the, the reception has been great. And uh, another aspect to this whole thing is that uh, we decided since Chop It Up was such a great success uh, with the Chiefs and with you and a lot of other people that used the song and listened to the song and got behind it and supported it and stuff, we decided that uh, any of the future proceeds from the song um, are going to the 15 in the Mahomes Foundation, nice. which is, is Patrick Mahomes' uh, charitable organization that he put together um, recently. And because I, I started looking into him and a little bit more, you know, as the season was going on, and I love everything he stands for. I love the way he leads the team and the way he's so humble and gives back to the com- community in any way he can. So. The fact that he started that 15 in the homies, I thought that is so cool. So we're going to give uh, uh, a portion of the the future proceeds to them. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely wanted to um, to, to, to bring that up. And obviously, you, you got it already down. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, you know, I mean, this is not just something you're doing, oh, just to get coverage or anything. I mean, you're trying to have a positive spin to this, and that's a big part of that. And obviously, you know, when you have a great team and a superstar quarterback, it's a lot easy for uh, for him to promote his his, his charity, uh, which, as you mentioned, fifteen in the Mahomes. So uh, it's definitely cool to, to for you to do that. So great stuff on your end, and and very cool to uh, to see the reception from that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, I I just uh, I'm really just following his lead. You know, what I mean, he's the one that that put all that together, and I just thought that's such a great. That, that's the kind of thing I want to be involved in. You know, and we've contacted them, and uh, we're in con- we're in like talks with them about uh, getting the word out even further. So, pretty exciting, and I hope that it does uh, some good things because they uh, they work with children uh, that are in need, you know, in hospitals yeah. and, and things like that. And I just think that's really great. So it's a, it's a great cause, and and of course, you know, that's what I'm doing to try to contribute. But uh, I always encourage everybody to go to. 15inthemahomies.com and donate directly to. Now, I know I, I saw this on your Snapchat. You I mean you you did a photo shoot with this uh, with this look. This is this is here to stay, right? Yeah, this is this is the real deal, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, so when I decided I was going to do this, I, I talked to the barber uh, that we chose. Um, I was very careful to look online and find somebody that I, I thought was going to do the kind of job that I, I wanted, you know, and they would understand the intensity of what I was doing as far as cutting these dreads off and stuff. And uh, we found a girl in Tulsa and she has, uh, it's a place called Tapered Barbershop South. And her name is Melissa and she did an amazing job. I've been giving her shout outs on like every media interview and post we make uh, because she's really cool and she did an awesome job, but um, yeah, you know, it's been a, it's been an incredible incredible journey just just going through this whole thing, and and I've loved having my dreads, but this has been a really cool 
way to like, get a refresh. And it, it, I needed something. I needed a change. And the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl was like my way of like pushing myself through that threshold and just saying, yeah, if they, if they do this, I'm going to do this. You never know every season. You never know if the Chiefs are going to be able to go all the way or not. And this is it, man. This is it. It's crazy. No, that is true. There were times in the past where we honestly did not know with this football team. But no, yeah, it is really refreshing. And I definitely want to get your thoughts in a moment on the team. I can relate to what you're saying because in 2013, Andy Reid's first year, I was like, you know what? I'll just do this cool thing where, um, you know, I'm not going to – because I used to have short hair, almost nothing. I was almost bald. Right. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'll – Grow my hair. I'll grow my. I'll, I'll have a goatee and I'll cut it all off once the Chiefs lose. Now the Chiefs won their first nine games and then they had a bye week. So for ten weeks, yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't do it. And then they lost in the eleventh week of the season. And I was like, you know what? I like this look. So you and I both, uh, you know, our little facial lives, lives right. I guess, so to say, you know, it's been impacted by the Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of remember when you did that, I think. I mean, we've, we've been knowing each other for how many years now? You know what bothers me is I remember I was supposed to meet you. You actually, like, you worked really hard to get me, like, these press credentials from the Chiefs or something. I can't remember exactly how. And I was I was going to, like, come talk to you in person, interview all this good stuff, and I got sick right before that happened. So I was really bummed out. Um, we'll definitely have to – I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm never in Oklahoma, uh, unfortunately. I don't know if you're ever in KC, but we'll definitely have to uh, get together sometime with, if you're ever in the area. Yeah, I come uh, to Kansas City uh, fairly frequently, you know. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely – we need to make that happen for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I've, I've actually, I don't know if you ever have, but I've actually, like, met – a couple, uh, well, not a couple, actually a few listeners um, during the season. And, and you know, I, I was kind of hesitant because it's like, you know, is this is something going to go wrong when you meet them? But no, everyone's been actually really cool, um, you know, running into people. Yeah, it, it really is. And, I, and I, know, I know a lot of Chiefs fans who interact on social media. They exchange numbers and they become great friends. Uh, they meet up and they go to games together. So it's pretty cool. It's it's been nice coming across uh, some some of the listeners uh, in person. It's it's been really cool. Um, I, I, I you know I, I've met uh, there was this longtime listener from New York. Uh, yeah, like like he was he was around. He's a sports he's a sports Chiefs blogger. Um, I mean he I, I think he's been watching since um since the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl the last time. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's yeah exactly <laughs> fifty years. He's been a long time listener of the podcast, and uh, we actually met uh, earlier this year. Uh, and I met a son as well, um, who's just a couple years younger than me. So he and I, we keep in touch. But both him and his son. Uh, there was also a guy, uh, long time listener uh, from Boston. Uh, he and his wife came up here a couple of months ago, and I met him. So, uh, super cool guy. Yeah, and his wife was nice as well. So you know, just doing yeah. something that you love to do. And and spreading the goodness when it comes to the Chiefs because they're it's a family, dude. No. Yeah, it's a, this is not just football; like it goes way beyond that. And uh, the the fans are just the craziest, tight, most tight knit, loudest, intense people. Most of them are at least that I've met, you know. And it's really cool to see because. It's a family unit that way. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was a guest on uh, uh, someone's podcast. His name's Jerome. He has a podcast called Pinky and the Brain. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. It's a really old show, and that's yeah, a yeah. podcast name. <laughs> um, I like it. But no, that was a great we were, cartoon. I remember it. Yeah, yeah yep, exactly. Uh, but yeah, he and I, we were talking, and he was talking about, like, what does this mean to you? And I was like, well, you know, my family and I, we've always watched Chiefs games together, even when I was in college. I was at the University of Kansas. I'm not, I wasn't, too, it's not too far from where my family is. I would still go home on weekends, or at least on a, on a Sunday at the very least, so we could watch Chiefs games together. And it's like, you know, I actually had someone offer me to go with them to the AFC Championship game last year when we played the Patriots, which, you know, I mean, I appreciate that, but it's like, number one, I'm a wuss, and it's cold, and there's no way I'm going to stay out in the cold. Plus, it's like, you know, uh, well, plus it's like, you know, I, uh, I wanted to enjoy that with my family, and, and you know... Now, like my family and I, we get uh, after all the pain and agony we have suffered through together. Now we get to celebrate, watch a Super Bowl together. Hopefully, celebrate. But yeah, what, what's your what's your story? Well, just just that you said so cold, and I mean it's really not a story as much as it is. Last year we went to a game, and it was like middle of December, and it was the coldest. Farzine, it was the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. Who were the Chiefs playing? Gosh, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I should know this, but I want to say it was the maybe the Colts. Does that sound? Hold on, this was this was last year. Yeah. Okay, let me pull up the schedule. I'll, here, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll pull up the schedule. Uh, I honestly, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. I really yeah, don't. that's my problem too. I've got so much going on right now, my brain scattered. But uh, <laughs> and I've been to quite a few Chiefs games. So I get them a little mixed up, but this one, we literally were driving into Kansas city in, uh, in this little car that my friend had at the time. And, um, he was driving and it was coming down so hard. The snow was like, it was like a whiteout. Oh, yep. It was the Colts. So you were at the playoff game. Yeah. I guess it was okay. the Colts. Okay. Yeah, it was the Colts. Yeah, dude. It was, Oh my goodness. And, and we're standing there, and some of the other fans, we had never been, okay? We had never been to a December game, right? It's always it's yeah. always been nice out when we went. Some of the other fans are standing there, and they were like, so did you guys bring your cardboard boxes? And we're like, uh, no. <laughs> Thanks, though. You know, I kind of look at my buddy like, these guys are crazy, you know? And then yeah. I realized later, the reason why everybody had cardboard boxes, the guys next to us in the in the stands were standing on them. Because the ice was in the stands, and we were literally oh. standing in ice. So we had, you know, boots on and three layers of socks and those little heat warmer things and everything. But it didn't matter because literally our feet were on ice. So it was, it was, man, it was crazy. But we had a blast. It was a crazy time. We had a, we had a great time, though. I mean, that was the first, what, I think, uh, home playoff win in forever. So, yeah, I would I would imagine that for sure. Um, but, yeah, that that was the Colts game. I do remember. That. I actually do recall that story of people saying, bring a cardboard box. I, I remember that now. I Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were trying to spread the word saying on Twitter saying, hey, if you're going to go to the game, you know, Arrowhead, people are always standing. So bring a cardboard box. But. Yeah, it's crazy because um, I had never heard that before. You know, I was like, "Yeah, no. cardboard box, right?" You know, and then I realized, "Oh boy, these guys are smarter than I am." 
to my point earlier, that's why I don't go to cold weather games because I don't know this stuff. I I stay from I'm one of those you know comfort comfort from your own catch. Okay, like the Super Bowl for example. Like yeah. going going there would be cool and all. But oh yeah. The spectacle, the commercials, plus it's like the commentary too. Like I want to hear all that stuff. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm not I'm not trying to refute going there. I'm sure it's going to be you know an insanely amazing memory for whoever's going. Oh but yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I I just love the home viewing experience way more. That's that's just me. It's just it's not bad, you know. We got it pretty good with today's technology and the way they film it, and the camera that goes flying over the field. I mean, we got a pretty good view from our house. So as long as you're comfortable, you know, grab some chips and enjoy the game. <laughs> well, p- well, plus it's like the NFL. I think this is like uh, a record low for attendance in the last 15 years. But honestly. I don't think the NFL cares because uh, the NFL always brags about ratings. They don't brag about attendance. Uh, I mean, look, like Arrowhead, yeah, I don't think they've had any problems with that this year, no doubt. But um, it's just been, uh, I mean, the NFL has kind of taken a backseat with attendance. But again, no one cares. It's always been the ratings for the NFL. So the, if, if, if anything, the NFL loves the conversation we're having right now. Uh, they would probably love it. Yeah. yeah, and and I feel uh, like the fact that the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, it's just going to help everything, man. I don't know because oh, like, yeah. I the Super Bowl last year. I, I hate to say this, but I didn't really watch it that intently. I mean, I not a lot of people. It was the ratings were bad. Yeah, it was just terrible, you know. And so this is exhilarating, man. Yeah, the Chiefs, uh, it, fifty years. Like I really, I really. Okay, I'm going to say it. I know everybody's been thinking it or saying it maybe too, but I really wanted it to be the Chiefs and the Packers. See, that would have been cool for like Super Bowl one and all. Like that would have been a great and fitting story because this is the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. Yeah, right. That would have been cool. But, But, I mean, if you're talking stats, yeah, you know, they just didn't have it together like the Niners do. I mean, they look look great. They look great. Well, you know, me being the troll that I am – if yeah. the Chiefs, if the Chiefs would have beat the Packers in the Super Bowl, I would have come up with this fact that you know the Chiefs have beaten every team that they've ever faced in the Super Bowl. Like that, that's technically a fact, right? Yeah. They 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 they, they faced the Vikings and the Packers twice, and they have beat every team they've ever played. But no, I can't say that. Unfortunately, you know, it, are are you a baseball fan? You know, I love going to the games, but I don't really like have a, a team that I stick with all the time or anything. Although I kind of follow the Royals a little bit, and we have a, uh, a local team around here that I follow. But I don't, you know, I'm more of a football guy. Well, I oh no, I am too. I, I baseball. Look, I if you ask me to name like one player on every team, I, I'm I can only name like Royals players. That's it. Okay, um, well, that's a, that's a pretty good start, though. Yeah, than I would be doing to be honest. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you're you're trying to make it sound like I'm really smart when I'm not. Um, but no, my my point is the Royals have uh, the last three times the Royals have been in the playoffs, they've gone to the World Series. So 1985 to the uh, 2014 and 2015. Now it, it's obviously not like a great stat record and all, but. You can you can sugarcoat it and say they've been to the World Series the last three times they've been in the playoffs, essentially. Yeah, which, I mean, that's not bad. I'm sure there's teams that haven't, you know, can't say that they've done that. So Yeah, that is that is true. Um, well, yeah, man, what do you think of this Sunday? Who's going to win? What's the score going to be? Oh, gosh. 
I think it's going to be real tight. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to it's come it's coming down to about three points. See, I'm going seven points. Are you okay? All right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you might be right because the offense is is so explosive on both sides. They're going to be sticking it in the end zone as much as possible. I mean, they're red zone yeah. teams. So, um, but I'm of course I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I mean, I I just I've got faith. I really do. I got faith, and I like the stats this year. Uh, I love the the way the organization as a whole is approaching the thing. Um, of course, Mahomes. I mean, golly, you can't sing the guy's praises enough. He's just awesome, and I think we're all so happy that we've got him. You know what I mean? Um, and he's got weapons to hit. He's got targets, and he targets. Has, yeah, yeah, he has most of the season. Um, so I just think as long as we can stop the run and, um, keep old, uh, Richard Sherman at bay then we'll be okay. I like it. Awesome. Uh, Hey, before I let, before I let you go, um, I, I know, I, I mean, obviously you're very passionate about your music. I know you're very active as a DJ as well uh, in the Oklahoma area. Uh, if you've got anything going on, I don't know uh, how much in detail you can go with that, but I, I of course, want to give you the platform here um, to, to, to kind of just promote that. Uh, what do you have coming out uh, that you can uh, maybe tease or, or, or mention on here? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I definitely do have some new music coming out. Uh, we've been holding on to one of the tunes for a little while now, a little over a year and a half probably. And uh, I've been waiting for the right moment because I just love the song so much personally um, that I want to give it the best chance that it can have, you know, to really get out there. So we've been working on a lot of, uh, a lot of really great things. And uh, so I've got at least one new single that's going to be coming out here within the next few months. We don't have a, uh, a release date that I can announce just yet, but um, I definitely encourage everybody to follow me on social media. I, I try to keep everybody updated and, uh, and and stay in touch with everybody as much as I physically can. I have my phone with me like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Even when I sleep, I swear, sometimes I wake up and check it, you know, so, but uh <laughs> Yeah, you can follow me online uh, at Morgan Ganim. That's M-O-R-G-A-N. Last name is G-A-N-E-M as in Mary. And um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, of course, and uh, YouTube, all all the places. Even uh, all, my, all my music's on Spotify and iTunes and everything. And I just, you know, uh, I've said it before, I just I love hearing from everybody. Uh, starting conversations with people, you know, just send me a message. And, and if I have a chance, I will definitely reply to you and uh, talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, music or Chiefs or any of that, really. So, yeah, man, we got some great things coming up. I've got a lot of stuff up my sleeve. Um, can't get really specific just yet, but a lot of great things are happening, and I'm real thankful. Well, hey, Morgan, uh, like I said, uh, we, we're going to have a couple more episodes of this podcast. Uh, it's It's been a fun run, and... Uh, I highly doubt I'm going to have another guest. So if there's anyone that's going to be the last guest, you know, I'm glad it's you because you, I mean, out of all the guests that I've had, you're probably the one that I've kept in touch with the most. Obviously, you've been generous in letting us use your uh, your Chiefs hit, uh, chop it up for this podcast, which I greatly appreciate. So not a problem. Uh, I love it. I'm glad you yeah, got to use it. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And um, I'll definitely have you on on my, on my other podcast as well. Like I said, uh, we're still kind of developing that. It'll it'll be out sometime in the spring, but uh, this is not the last time you and I are going to be uh, talking on a, on a podcast outlet. We'll definitely be doing it again sometime. Yeah, that's great. And, I, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a big honor to be your last guest. I know you've got a lot of listeners that uh, that appreciate everything you've been doing throughout the years uh, for a real long time, and uh, all the love you always give to the Chiefs and the fans. And um, I think you've done a great job, man. And uh, and I know that anything you're gonna be doing in the future, any projects you decide to to start up, or any podcasts, I know they're gonna be great. And of course, I'd love to be a part of it. So yeah, hit me up, brother. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep in touch. Hey, man. Uh, Super Bowls this week. It's a Chiefs Super Bowl. Still feels weird to say, but nonetheless, uh, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, Morgan, thank you so much for everything. Thanks for coming on uh, on the podcast. And uh, like I said, we'll keep in touch. Absolutely, chop it up and go Chiefs, baby. That's right. There you have it. Morgan Ganim, off he goes. Uh, big thanks to him joining us here on the podcast. A big thanks to all of you guys, as that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Chief Stone Podcast. It's the last preview episode of the year, uh, and obviously the last preview episode we'll ever do on this podcast. Super Bowl Sunday this week, the Chiefs and the 49ers. Greatly appreciate everyone who has sent in a text. If you guys want to text in after the game, we will read your text on there. I'm sure there will be a lot to say, win or lose. Hopefully a win. 913-808-2119. Text into the podcast. Appreciate everyone who sent in a text for this episode. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vasugan. Like my page. Follow me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Zach is at the Stegna and DJ is at ChiefsFanChai. Follow all of us on Twitter. Spread the word. Subscribe to the podcast. Let your friends know. Share the links as we've got a few episodes left. Never too late to join in. Uh, even if it's just going to be for a couple of episodes. So let your friends know about this Chiefs podcast, the Chiefs Zone podcast. I'm Farzim Vasugian. Big thanks to all of you guys for downloading and listening to this episode. Big thanks to Morgan Gannon for joining us. Until then, the next time I talk to you guys, we've got a Super Bowl champion crowned, and hopefully it'll be the Chiefs. We'll talk about all of that next week. Take care.